0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mom Light, the podcast dedicated to helping you mothers find more health, vitality, and vibrancy of body, mind, and spirit in sometimes chaotic and often challenging mom life. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. Lisa Roberts Hurd is the founder of Food Body Soul an integrative health, nutrition, and lifestyle company that produces wellness events and works with private and corporate clients. Lisa believes that most people want to be inspired and her mission is to guide those who seek a healthier, less stressed, who is in the market for less stress, (laughs) and more conscious lifestyle. In other words, the magic that's been missing. Lisa has a really fascinating background and trajectory, which we're going to talk about on the show today. She holds degrees from Oxford University in classical archaeology, a master's in philosophy and an MA, Tufts University bachelor's degree, the French Culinary Institute and the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, where I also trained as a certified health coach. Lisa is certified and trained as a lifestyle interventionist, health and nutrition counselor and create recovery coach. And she is going to talk about her journey to recovery Lisa believes that she's been given a second chance at life and wants to pass that forward, inspiring others to discover the archaeologist within themselves, transform their lives, and find the health and recovery they have been seeking. Her work has frequently appeared in the Huffington Post, Hay House Radio, Plum TV, J. Crew. Clean Plates, so Be Fit, and AOL, as well as Erica Lenkert's Healthy Eating During Pregnancy and Brad Lamb's Just 10 Pounds, which helped over a million people lose over 500,000 pounds on the Dr. Oz show. Recently, Lisa and her wife appeared in a segment about the sober curious trend on the Today Show. Um, I met Lisa a few months ago and we hit it off right away. She's Tremendously genuine, super passionate, has a really fascinating story. And we recently held a really cool event together on the connection between food and mood. Today's conversation is going to be yeah. such a treat, so packed with wisdom and insights. I can't wait to dive in. Lisa, welcome to Mom Light.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Kunjin, for having me on today. I just absolutely adore you. I love your message, you're so inspiring. And whatever I can do to pay it forward to help a mom today, that's my mission.
0: Oh, it's such an honor. I know we're both busy moms, you with a six-year-old, me with a seven- and two-year-old. So we've been trying to make this happen for a while. Yes, I'm I'm so happy we're I'm so excited. Yeah. So you live in Brooklyn like me.
1: Yes, I love Brooklyn. (laughs) Hashtag Brooklyn made me do it. it. I love it. Yes. It's well, um, you know, you haven't lived in Brooklyn that long, right? Like, how long has it been? It's in September. It'll be two years. Wow! So I'm, I feel as though I'm still getting to know the neighborhood and the vibe. And I have to say that I spend most of my days in the city, and coming home to Brooklyn is just the energy levels drop. I just feel more relaxed. It's 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 the perfect it's a perfect balance for me where I get the city fix, but I also still get that, that Brooklyn energy that I absolutely love. Yeah. It's
0: funny when I first considered living in Brooklyn, my cousin who had moved before me and kind of led the way, he said, you know, every time I get off the subway in Brooklyn, my shoulders drop about four
1: inches. Yes.
0: (laughs) And I was like, well, I don't know. I love the city and I know you do too, but it is really true. Like, especially being a mom, I feel like I could use that four inch drop in my shoulders. Oh, my God. I'm grateful for it. <laughs>
1: yes. I know I didn't go into the city yesterday and it was so wonderful. I mean, and I'm not going in today either. And it's just, I'm just enjoying Brooklyn. It's, I just love it here. And my family does too.
0: Well, two fellow Brooklyn fans on Momlight yes. for the first time. So excited. Woohoo! <laughs> we have so much to discuss. You have such a fascinating and powerful story. So let's dive Thank right you. in. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up, um, your life growing up, and really um,
1: your journey to wellness. Oh, well, thank you. So I grew up in Connecticut. It was pills, pearls, and champagne. That's the best way to describe it. I felt very uh, Connecticut's a wonderful place. Uh, The way I grew up, it it was very conservative, not necessarily Socially, but just in everyone looked the same everything people were expected to have a certain trajectory. This was my experience, and I felt like I wanted to get a VW bus and move out to California and have flowers in my hair and I really didn 't feel as though I was living my truth and and that 's actually been a big theme of mine throughout my entire life, like finding my truth, because for me, when I'm not living authentically, it manifests physically for me. And so I tried to anesthetize those feelings of wanting something different. And so I developed um, an addiction to alcohol, prescription pills, and and then as a result, I experienced a lot of anxiety, depression, ADD, uh, chronic bronchial asthma, fibromyalgia, and I, I just completely sealed off my heart, essentially. And all of that pain, I realized, was a lot of it was not living authentically and feeling as though I had to hide who I was and be go along a certain trajectory. And so finally, when I reached a point where my health, where I was, I had a a television show, well, I had a wine segment on television. I had my master's from Oxford. I'd been accepted for my PhD. I was a sommelier in New York and the UK and everything looked wonderful on the outside, but I was imploding on the inside. And so I packed up my bags. I, in typical self-help mode, I was like, I need to get out of here. I took, I did a geographic. I moved to Santa Fe because I thought Santa Fe would, with its healing vortex and shafts of crystal and healers and shamans would be able to take what was hiding me from myself essentially. And I got there and Shockingly or not i uh, you know I had my aha moment in rehab. I found myself in rehab and and i realized I really needed to get down to okay, what is going on with me what's going why am I trying to numb myself with alcohol and drugs and why am I suffering from all these different physical ailments? And it was the opening. It was my window of entry into really shifting gears and becoming the archeologist within and really finding, okay, what is going to work for me in my life? How can I learn to take care of myself? Because I realized that I'd never really practiced self-care before. I didn't eat at McDonald's or Burger King. I I ate well, but I wasn't eating well for me. And so and and I clearly wasn't taking care of myself. I I wasn't present. I wasn't practicing awareness. And this was my wake-up moment. And because I had a choice. I had I could keep going on the way I was, or I could make a really radical choice and decide to live in a different way. And for me I chose to I was going to pick up a new spiritual toolkit and start living in a new way and when I did that because I, at first I was so depressed thinking all this all these years of study of wine of archaeology because Dionysus the Greek god of wine Was my higher power. I wrote my master's thesis on him, and my specialization was studying ancient food and wine production. And I thought, how am I going to make this work? And what I realized was that the skill set that I had acquired as an archaeologist and studying the ancient and indigenous cultures that I did. And their practice of mindfulness and consciousness around everything in their life was what I suddenly started. I started using the same skill set as an archaeologist as I started to heal myself from within. And as a result, I've now today experienced a sense of well-being, health, inner peace, joy, lightness of spirit that I never had my entire life. And so I owe that to, I owe that to sobriety for me. Uh, I owe that to my training as an archeologist. And I owe that to like something larger than myself saying, Lisa, you're at this jumping off point, which way do you want to go? And thankfully I chose that I finally wanted to really take care of myself.
0: Wow. That is a powerful, wild story. And thank you for (laughs) sharing it it so much there. Um, You know, you mentioned ending up in rehab. And then before Mm -hmm. that, you mentioned all these amazing things that you did, like going to Oxford, getting into a PhD program. So I'm thinking like, to go to rehab, you have to have a pretty sort of Debilitating problem, Mm -hmm,
1: right? And you bring
0: up an amazing point because I guess it's possible to be fully functional in the like on the outside and seem like you have your you know what together,
1: right? right. Um,
0: but actually, like you said, you're imploding on the inside. So, how were you able to be um addicted to alcohol and drugs and still go through Oxford and get this degree and like what? Uh, how does that even work? You know. Oh, that's
1: a good question. That's a really good question. I think that there are a lot of us out there who are high functioning, and so though we use it, might be a behavior, it might be a substance. Like some people might pick up shopping, some people might pick up gambling, some people might pick up, um, you know, a, a relate an addiction to relationships. Whatever it might be, we pick up something to help us. It becomes a coping mechanism, so for me like i was I was fun when I drank i mean admittedly i was i was but i it went too far for me, and so I started to realize that, oh wow, most people don't get sick every single time they drink mm-hmm. oh wow um. Other people, if they go out and they say they're only going to have one or two glasses of wine, when I went out, I never knew how much I was going to have. It might have been one glass. It might have been 15 glasses of wine. So I never had a choice. And if I did try to stop, I'd be obsessing about it the entire time. And for me, I, I always wanted an escape growing up. Like I just, I never felt a hundred percent comfortable in my skin and alcohol and drugs allowed me to feel comfortable in the world. I felt as though I was like, my creativity came out. I had a lot of social anxiety and alcohol allowed me to feel more comfortable. And so it goes back to and and people who can normally drink, like, of course, we all feel a little lighter after we've had a drink or two. And that's totally normal. I just wasn't able to stop at that point. And, like, and that's the point that I want to drive home. And then I realized that I wasn't – I was placing that before – taking care, self care. So even though I may have looked good on the outside and and I knew how to study when I needed to, or sit down and write and do research when I needed to, or, but there was, there was still always, I still wasn't able to show up a hundred percent, if that makes sense. I was still, I just, I still wasn't able to be a hundred percent present. And that was something that i found really really challenging it was just like coping with life was was hard for me and you know a drink or drug like was able to make me feel a little bit i thought more a part of the world however since getting sober i realized that i'm so much more present today like i see life in a kaleidoscope of colors, and and I feel things more deeply, and I think I was really scared of that.
0: Yeah, wow. You know, um, so I'm definitely one that likes to take the edge off with a glass or two of wine. Of once course, another. and you should. Like all... <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think it's it's such a fascinating point. Um, I know a lot of my fellow moms feel the same way. We, you know, I was telling you before we hit record that so many moms feel overwhelmed. And then like five or six o'clock, you know, it's dinner, it's crazy. It's which, you know, whatever that hour is called, depending on how old right. your kid is. I um, Yeah. And you're like, you know, I'll t- have a glass of wine while I go through this whole dinner bed routine. And it's just going to feel a little bit less crazy. And, you know, I think like in your case, obviously you didn't know, you couldn't stop. And so it got really bad and you sobered up entirely. But for me, I have instituted now a rule where Monday to Friday I don't drink during the week unless there's really a, a reason to celebrate something or a special occasion, and I find that there are there are there are variations on that theme of like running from discomfort, right? So right, you're pouring the glass of wine at 5 p.m. because life feels crazy and chaotic as a mom, and it's going to take the edge off. You're essentially running from discomfort. There's we all do it we do it in different ways but i mm-hmm. find that there is so much power and growth in and i'm not trying to like be like holier than cuz like i might have right. hey. wine next monday like you know <laughs> i'm aware that as a society we tend to run from these uncomfortable feelings all the time mm-hmm. we use different coping mechanisms for some people it's instagram for some people it's a glass of wine for some people it's whatever a piece of chocolate right but can we just bring awareness to bring some awareness to the fact that we are running and instead of running the next time in a knee jerk way, just kind of sit with it for a moment because there is so much growth and so much softening and opening up that happens when you sit with the feelings, like all the feels. let them roll in. You know, um, all these background noises are my Brooklyn soundtrack. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, (laughs) yeah. And you know, um, You're right. Like, there is a kaleidoscope of colors that opens up. You can be present in a way that you just are not when you're escaping. And so, even though people listening may may be like, I'm okay, like, I just need a couple of glasses and I can stop. So, I'm okay. Like, I don't need to pay attention to this. Like, I think we all do because this numbing out is happening, whether it's alcohol, whether it's something else, and there is so much growth and power and like opening up that can happen when we don't numb out all the time and we just allow ourselves to sit with the discomfort and soften into it. Like it brings empathy, it brings compassion for ourselves and others. It's just a beautiful point you bring up. So I just had to say like, it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to have hit rock bottom to pay attention to the fact that you're numbing out.
1: That's so true, and I think your point about you brought up uh, Instagram. So when we're on social, people numb out through. We can. I mean, I find it myself. If it's the end of the day, my son's running around. I've got to get dinner going. I still have all these ideas for work, or I still have my to do list for work that I still need to get done, or household things, and I just want to go on social media and just unplug for. Few minutes, and then all of a sudden, I realized, like, oh, well, my son's been calling me three times, and I've been on social media, so we numb out in different ways. And so, for me, when I got sober, it was, and there's a whole sober, curious movement going on right now, which is, and it's for people who, as you said, you like during the week, you might not want to have a glass of wine and be a little bit more fully present and move through those uncomfortable moments without something. Or some people are taking dry January into dry July, whatever it may be, or it may be for health reasons or because they want to be an ally to someone that they love who's in their household or one of their friends or colleagues. And so people are doing it for all different reasons. And there's actually a number of companies out there that are actually creating alcohol-free beverages. So, and I just hosted a sober lounge and it's, it's for everyone. It's not just some people, it's for anyone who just wants to be an environment where they, they don't want to numb out as much anymore. And that's really what it comes down to. So when I got sober, it was a real exercise for me to start implementing like new ways of being in the world. So, so for for example, um, it was suggested to me that I start meditating, and I thought, where do I start? Like how to, and then how to set up my day so that when I had those tough moments, like how I can breathe through them. So I've actually come up with a whole practice for myself so that the rituals and practices that I learned as an archeologist um, I've started to implement into my life and it's created this richness and this, as you said, self-compassion, compassion for myself, this gentleness for myself and also for others. It's really opened up my heart in a whole new way that I never would have anticipated. Yeah, I bet. Wow, amazing. Was rehab hard? It was because you're suddenly sitting with yourself for the first time, and it's for me. It was I had to take a look at all of my relationships. I had to take a look at in number one, my relationship with me, with myself. Um, I had to look at um, why I was trying to numb out of life where was that coming from? And, and I had to look at, you know, there were some relationships I had to put on the shelf. There were some ways of thinking and being in the world that were definitely dragging me down. And I had to make a choice of, do I want to continue to be dragged or do I want to be uplifted? And so I had to change my mindset around a lot of things. And also as you and I have talked about what I was putting in my body, so like, looking at the connection between how before alcohol, I loved sugar and I still do today. So it's looking at, oh, because I started to replace um, gooey, sugar-laden chocolate cookies that I would bake every single night with the wine. So it was, I, I've always wanted to numb out in some way. And so I had to start looking, it was just learning to be with myself that was the hardest part and making friends with her, making friends with Lisa.
0: Yeah. I love that. You know, I, someone said the other day to me, like um, the most important relationship you'll ever have in this lifetime is the one with yourself. And, Most of us pay so little attention to that. So that's just such a great, powerful reminder for everyone. So you said something that really stuck with me when you were telling your story about how you thought you were eating well, but you weren't eating well for yourself. So tell us a little bit about that transition from... Yeah. How did how did your kind of epiphany about self-care and self-love translate to the food that you were eating? And what were some practical changes you made that have really kind of shifted things for you?
1: So first is that I didn't realize how many inflammatory foods I was eating. Uh, number one being sugar. So wine obviously has a lot of sugar, but as I said, I also... Even before I picked up wine, I was the kid who was carrying around bags of Starburst or cough drops or something like I always had to have. And I was baking cookies every single night. I had to have that sugar fix. And I then learned that the brain really doesn't see the difference between actual sugar and something such as a bagel or pasta and it's all seen as like a simple carb that just ignites the brain and it ignites that pleasure center in the brain that drugs and alcohol ignite as well. And so I was like, I was always ramping that up. I couldn't get enough of it. And so one of the big changes for me was really seeing the correlation between my mood after I ate sugar. And it was very distinct. Like All of a sudden, I would find myself a puddle on the floor, staring up at the ceiling, saying, why me? And invariably, it was right after I had a bunch of cookies or a pint of ice cream or whatever, because that was my coping mechanism. And so once I started to see that correlation, it wasn't easy, but I started to dramatically reduce the amount of sugar that I had in my diet. And all of a sudden I started to see the food mood connection for the first time. And I thought, oh wow, this is really powerful. And then I started to look at, then I started to do a lot of research around like what foods were going to be most beneficial for my healing. And because I had fibromyalgia, which was so painful, I cannot even tell you. And anyone who's suffered from that knows that.
0: (laughs) Can you tell our listeners what exactly that is? And what, sure. how it manifests?
1: So fibromyalgia is something. It to describe how it feels. It feels as though you have arthritis in your muscles. That's the best way I can like physically describe it for someone. And it's um, it's when so there's certain pressure points that um, a doctor can do an analysis for you. And I had all the points on my body. Where there was pain that diagnosed me for fibromyalgia, and it was, it was just like this. Like my whole body ached all over. I had brain fog. Um, The brain fog was really brutal. Actually, Um, I just couldn't think cognitively. I couldn't think straight. I just, I couldn't work out. I remember- And this, Lisa, was mm-hmm. when
0: you were you were sober at this point, or this was still while you it was, were-
1: It was pre-sobriety and then also after sobriety. So right. it took me about three years to completely heal my body after I got sober. So after
0: you got sober, you started to look more at like, what am I eating? Because now- What you- am
1: I eating? Yeah. Because I still had all these physical symptoms. Right and so i had the chronic bronchial asthma i had the add i had depression i had anxiety it was it was pretty brutal and the thing is is that they're all linked though i i don't see them as separate i see them as all linked because if when someone suffers from fibromyalgia and they're in that much pain obviously it's going to heighten anxiety it's going to heightened depression. It's, you're not going to be able to focus. Um, And so, and then certain foods were causing me for my, my, so for me, it was my chest to tighten as well. So from the anxiety, but also I just, I wasn't able to express who I was. Like my throat chakra was completely shut down. I think all my chakras were actually shut down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chakras are these energy centers in the body, which are thought, you know, with a lot of ancient wisdom and sort of insights to be yeah, just kind of pivot, pivotal energy centers where there needs to be openness yes. and flow. Um, We talk about this a lot on the show. I mean, the show is a lot about cutting edge modern science, but also about ancient wisdom. And really the two are intersecting in such an amazing way now. They really are. That there's no, you know, everything is energy. Um, yeah, it's really kind of fascinating. But so you really felt like all of that closure in your energy centers was manifesting as these issues that are all interrelated. And I think that's- right. Such- point. It's not like you're having all these separate symptoms. Like
1: there is an underlying cause. There really. Was, so I had to. So it wasn't just the food that I was eating. It wasn't just the relationships. It wasn't just the alcohol. It wasn't just. I had to really take a look at like what at the core was going on. And for me, I was I had sealed my my heart completely off. I completely protected myself and all that energy needs to go somewhere. And for me, I feel as though I'm fortunate in that it manifests physically for me. So when I start having physical symptoms, I know that there's something in my life that I need to address. So whether it's a cold, whether it's flu, whether all of a sudden I'm starting to feel anxious again, whether I'm feeling, if I'm starting to experience some kind of brain fog, my energy levels are low. There's something my body is saying, it's tapping me literally on the shoulder and saying, you need to pay attention. There's something that you're not paying attention to. And even though I went through that very transformative experience and experienced all these wonderful things in my life that Before I was shut off to like health and well being and joy and love. It's so, we all need reminders. And it's not as if like I'm in this blissed out state all the time and things don't come up because things do. It might be family related, it might be career related it might be something personally going on inside of me it might be something from my past that all of a sudden the universe is saying you need to deal with this and you're in a good place to deal with it so and so for me it's it's always continuing to be that archaeologist of my own well-being and we can all be our own archaeologists and we can all tap that archaeologist within and and we don't have to be afraid of it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's such amazing insight to have. And presumably I you work with your clients in the same way. So if they have physical conditions, you encourage them to think about yes. other areas of their life. I cannot agree more. Um, mind body connection is so real, and even the research is showing, you know, what is the placebo effect? That's what it is. I mean, billions of dollars spent on drug development. There always has to be a placebo arm in a drug development trial because when people think they're getting better, they they get better. Yes, we cannot underestimate the power of that positive thinking. Um, we've seen it over and over again, you know. So it's such a good reminder that when something physical is off, we need to take a three sixty look at our lives, even beyond just the body um, at other stressors or things that are going on. And that's such a great reminder for
1: all of us. It's very true. I, um, and that's how I work with my clients. I really take that three, I really take that 30,000 foot view. And so, and then we can start to like really hone in on the root causes of what's going on. So we roll up our sleeves in the kitchen because I think the kitchen is a beautiful metaphor for life. And, you know, how present are we? What how, Are we really looking at, you know, the foods that we're eating, where they come from? I mean, we we hear people talk about that. However, it's, oh, where where did this come from, though? How am I preparing it? Am I present for it? Am I putting good energy into the pot of stew that I'm making? Or am I just completely absent and I'm not I feel so it's you see that um that mu- that movie like Water for Chocolate I think yes. is such a be- <laughs> it's such a beautiful example and if you haven't seen it it's the woman the main character when she's when she's feeling joyous her food is infused with joy and everyone who's eating it feels the joy when she's sad everyone's crying <laughs> yeah <laughs> because, it's can, so because, because everything is energy. And
0: And, you know, moms like we rarely sit down with intention and eat, like, we're usually grabbing some leftovers off the kids' plate or standing and eating over the sink, running out the door. Like, you know, that really shifts the way the food affects you. I really believe that. And just sitting down, taking a moment to really see this plate as nourishment and setting that intention can be a game changer.
1: Oh, it's so true. And when we take the time to, when I think of food as a meditative practice. When I think of cooking as a meditative practice, when I think of, when I go to the grocery store or the farmer's market as a meditative practice, as this, I'm nourishing my family, I'm nourishing myself. And and then taking all the other practices of meditation and taking some time for yourself. And because for me, I thought when my son was born that i had to put him first all the time and i stopped putting myself first and we do that as moms and as parents but then all of a sudden i realized that i had to put the oxygen on myself first so that i could show up for him and so that i could show up also for like who and what's most important in my life because if i don't put the oxygen on myself first how can i show up for my son and be the best mom that I possibly can? How can I show up and be the best wife that I can? How can I show up and be the best friend or the best member of my community? How yes. can I show up for my clients? I, I can't. So if I don't take the time to move my body, if I don't take time to get quiet, if I don't take time to like really like connect with nature in some way and we live in a concrete jungle, so go pick up some crystals for yourself <laughs> and hold yeah. those. I mean, because sometimes that's my connection to nature. And, and I mean, literally in our yeah. kitchen, exactly. right?
0: I love all those, and it's, they're all so important. Literally, a study came out showing that just taking a walk, I think it was two hours a week, spending two hours a week in nature can substantially reduce your salivary cortisol level, which is the stress hormone, which we're all running right. around, like carrying way too much off. So yeah, all amazing reminders for all of us, like overwhelmed mamas. You know, one of the most common questions I get, and I want to go back to this point, because you brought it up, was about sugar. I get so many messages like, how do I get over my sugar craving? So from a right. practical standpoint, what worked for you to really get over that sort of like um, you know, pint of ice cream, chocolate, um, cookie obsession.
1: Right. Okay. So for me, I for me, gradual worked best for me. So it, instead of I going cold turkey with the sugar was brutal for me because I actually experienced a lot of withdrawal symptoms. And some people don't, and some people do. So you have to g- gauge that for yourself. So for example, one of my Favorite examples with one of my clients, and I'll answer the one for me as well. It just encapsulates how to do it if you want to do it gradually. She loved sugary yogurts, and so what we started to do was we started to. She started having half plain yogurt and half the fruit flavored yogurt, and then by by the end of a month, she was having the plain yogurt. With fresh fruit on top and nuts, and she didn 't miss she thought she was going to miss that sugary flavor, but she real she realized how much better she felt. so I did something similar for myself. Uh, I started looking at the quality of the chocolate that I was eating, and I thought, God, after a meal, I just want chocolate so i i, repl- I first I replaced the chocolate with just commercial chocolate with um, with raw chocolate, so I found some really great brands. One of my favorite brands is fine and raw chocolate. and And there's other great ones out there, too. Uh, I'm just going to use them as the example. And so their chocolate is made with coconut palm sugar, which is a lower glycemic load for the body. And then also most of the chocolate is not heated. So you're getting all the nutritional benefits of chocolate. So for example, when I have PMS, I crave chocolate. But what my body's really craving is magnesium. So, I have the raw chocolate, or I may make myself hot chocolate. I used to love making myself Swissness hot chocolate. <laughs> like, uh, I think about it now and I think. Sugar who bomb. Is she, who is she? <laughs> so, what I started doing was I started taking almond milk or coconut milk and buying raw cacao and mixing it in, adding some cinnamon, adding, you know, maybe a little bit of honey. And that became, or maple syrup, or coconut palm sugar. um, And that became, or date sugar, whatever. And that became my hot chocolate. And that satisfied my chocolate cravings, particularly when I had PMS. And then I also learned that, oh, wow, almonds and avocados also are Really wonderful sources of magnesium, and so I started. So I started doing that research, and then when I sometimes when my mood was low, I knew that I needed dark berries such as uh, blackberries or blueberries, and that would the the polyphenols in those would really be beneficial for mood boosting. And so let's say it was the middle of the winter, and I thought, oh God, I don't really want a smoothie and i the blueberries aren't really in season so i would take frozen blueberries for example and i would sauté them in a pan with a little bit of coconut oil and i would ha- and then i'd add some cinnamon and i would ha- and i wouldn't have have to have, add any sweeteners whatsoever and i had this really delicious dessert if you will of, that tasted like the inside of a pie so I started learning all of these techniques and strategies to like create what I was craving but in a more healthful way.
0: That is amazing. You know, I think you're right. There are some people who are black and white and they're like I'm doing the sugar detox off. That was me. Right. But you had already done the rehab. Like that's a lot of brutality in <laughs> right. one. You know? so you're like, like Let me go so easy much. on the sugar. <laughs> yeah. And I think for some people, gradual does work best. You have to know what works. And you know, what you're describing to me is like this approach we learn in integrative nutrition, right? Like crowding out. So you're not saying, you're not denying, you're not making this a life about restriction and like austerity. You're saying, I'm going to create so much abundance with the good stuff that I don't miss the swiss anymore. Because why would I want swiss when right. I feel <laughs> And the other thing you bring up that I really want to remind people of is cravings are messages from your body that do not need to be ignored. They're not something to be swept under the rug or like shunned and dumped into the closet. Like they're messengers. So deconstructing that craving and how powerful to realize that the craving for sugar or the chocolate is really a magnesium craving, you know? And so everyone can become their own archaeologist. I just love that. And really become so empowered to say, you know, my body's telling me something. What am I really craving here? Uh, maybe it's something in your life that needs fixing, like you said, you yes, clients, or maybe it's actually a nutritional craving that's manifesting as that chocolate mm-hmm. craving. So, love those tips for gradually weaning off sugar and. Um, Yeah, wow. So much amazing stuff there. So tell us a little bit about your morning routine because I know you talked about the importance of self care, and so many moms struggle with that because, you know, the morning can be a little insane. (laughs) Right, right. What, What has worked for you in terms of how you caught that time out for yourself despite having your six year old and doing like the school run and all that? Right. Talk us through your morning a little bit.
1: Okay, well, I have to say that my morning practice is something that I hold so sacred and has been such a game changer in my life. I wouldn't, it would be as if you said, you can't brush your teeth anymore. That's how important it is to me. So I really make an effort to get up a half hour to 45 minutes before my son does, because I need that time in the morning to recharge and get myself ready for the day mentally, emotionally, physically. And so what I do is the first thing I do is brush my teeth. And then following that, I pour myself a glass of water. Sometimes I like it with lemon juice, a squeeze of lemon or apple cider vinegar to alkalize my body and for the gut biome as well, of course. And I just find that it just, you know, During the night, my body's been doing a lot of repair work. So, I want to hydrate my body. It's so important because a lot of times when we feel hungry, when we feel irritable, when we feel frustrated, when we feel tired, we're really in a state of dehydration. And that's why water is so important. That's why you always hear people say, Are you drinking enough water? Are you drinking enough water? Because that can really change how you feel. Then, uh, I'm usually making my coffee. So, I am someone who I've just found over the years I do better with coffee. And then I sit down, but a matcha latte can do it for me as well, which is probably a more healthful, with all the antioxidants, it's a more healthful alternative. Uh, just, I've experimented with not drinking coffee for a year at a time, and I just, I'm a better person with coffee. Well, so. now we
0: know that. You know, again, it's like so bio-individual. Some people really thrive on that cup of coffee. Some people feel crazy. I feel a little crazy. I can do cold brew, which is somehow less insane for me. Right. Um, less acidic. You it know. is less acidic. Yeah. But you really have to experiment with yourself. And I think we know that some coffee, like, is good for you, you know. So again, not trying to villainize things, and that's so great that you figured out that you really need the coffee, and then right. sometimes the occasional matcha latte, right? Exactly, and that's okay, you know. Um, but I love that you said, like, if someone stripped you of that morning routine, it would be like not allowing you to brush your teeth. I find the same thing is true for me. It's such a grounding thing, and the common theme that seems to be a mom like podcast theme. It has literally come up with every single guest, every single mom gets up before their kid
1: if they want to feel sane. So, okay, great. Takeaway, it's like wake up before your kid wakes yes, up. Yes, it's true. So, I I make my coffee, I enjoy it, and during that time, I take to, I either meditate first or I write in a journal that I've created called my miracle journal. And during this time, when I get my journal out, I write down all the miracles from the day before. They can be oh, big I or that. small. And I, I keep it to the day prior. And it just sets the tone for my day going forward. And I think, wow, look at all these things. may maybe someone swiped me through on the train because I was fumbling my bag and I was with my son with his scooter in his bag and my bags. And they're like, oh, here, here you go. Or it could be something... Like bigger career-related, or it doesn't matter what it is. It's I usually list anywhere from three to ten things. Then I go on and I ask my higher power for divine solutions, inspiration, and guidance. In so it's kind of a prayer in a sense in areas of my life where I'm something might not be clear. I I'm wondering what next steps to take, and so it's a way of completely turning it over. It's not like a Santa Claus list of "this; these are the things I want, um, give them to me now." It's more, you know, can you please provide some clarity in these areas, or what next steps do I need to take in these areas? And it's such a it really lightens my load because I've then put it into the universe and said, okay, this is for you to figure out. I'm going to go about and do the next right thing in front of me and you can take care of this because the answers always come. And then I also then I send out good vibes to people so it might be you could see it as a prayer as well to people who may need a little boost of good energy. So my niece was recently in an accident, so I pray for her every single day. Her parents, um, and so, or it might be friends or clients. It doesn't, or my own family members who just need a little extra positive energy going about their day. And then I always ask, you know, how can I align my heart, my thoughts, my words, my actions with you? you know for for me it's god higher power universal force whatever it may be so and how i can be of service today and when i take that time it just and then i review what i have going on that day i'm in a much better place to meet the good moments of the day the challenges of the day what might ebb and flow throughout the day it creates more of a pause for me And it's like, I just feel more prepared and everyone else benefits too, because I'm in a better place.
0: (laughs) It's it's all about win. It sounds like a beautiful routine. I love it. You know, I think a lot of times moms feel like I don't have time for the morning routine, but everything you described is so much about intention setting. It doesn't have to take Mm -hmm. 45 minutes even like take 10 minutes. Um, But just, and I, and I love also what you said about making a positive wish for someone else. You know, so often we get caught up. I am totally guilty of this. Like we get caught up in our own story. It's like mm-hmm. my day is crazy. My life is crazy. It is, I, you know, it can be, but I find that just shifting my attention for a moment, like moving myself away from the center of my world to some, yes. someone else's center of my world, such right. a powerful kind of perspective shift and really just lightens the load. I'm like, let me just make this about someone else for a second like it is right. full practice so everything you shared is so doable even when time is limited so thank you for sharing that I think it's oh, you'
1: welcome
0: yeah beautiful routine and for people who want to start meditating I know you said early on when you when you were going through the rehab and you were sitting with yourself and that was hard right. meditation became a tool what is your recommendation for people who have never meditated do you have any
1: tips or any Apps or practical advice on how to get started? I think that guided meditation is great for beginners. That's how I started. There's no way I could have sat with myself and my thoughts in lotus position. There's no way. I mean, my brain would have been racing. It would have been way too uncomfortable for me because I've been meditating for 13 years now. And there are days where my thoughts are racing. And I think the key to meditate... So I would, one, start with guided meditation. A lot of people like Headspace. You could even just Google or put in YouTube guided meditation. Some people need it for... And you can even put in a theme uh, to reduce anxiety, to uplift my mood, uh, for better sleep, whatever it might be. And there's going to be something out there and just experiment. You There's also great meditation centers such as mindful in New York city. There's yoga studios that op- there's so many, there's, um, wise that offer so many places offer meditation today and there's free meditation. So, uh, so there's, there's so many resources. You can just even Google meditation in Brooklyn or meditation in Chelsea or whatever it may be. And you, you're going to find something and experiment with different instructors and different apps and you'll find your place. My meditation practice has definitely ebbed and flowed over the years. Uh, sometimes I need guided meditation, uh, For the past several years, I have really connected to Kundalini Yoga because there's a lot of meditation, mantra, and breath work. And you can find meditation through breath work, find a breath work instructor. Friends of mine um, have a company called Capricorn Rising, and they will do they're in New York City. So anyone who's and then there's also, I'll I'll find some other resources for you as well. That's a great way for people to connect to themselves um, through their breath because we don't breathe enough. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, we need tons of oxygen getting to our brain just as we do. We need fat getting to our brains. We need nutrients. We need water getting to our brains. And we also need oxygen. And those are all ways where, as moms, we're going to have more mental clarity We're going to have more energy. (laughs) We're going to have less mommy brain. Yep. And these are all ways for us to connect to ourselves more and as a result, be able to show up more for what's important in our lives
0: yeah absolutely. Um, I love those tips for beginners. I love that you're very much like a compassionate coach like
1: <laughs> with
0: the sugar like the gradual transition it really works for so many people versus being like sit down for twenty minutes
1: and don't think a thought and then you've meditated and people are like, all oh, right, oh, do it and my oh, god <laughs> I just went to a Zen Buddhist monastery where we meditated for 3 hours a day in silence and we ate in silence and wow let me tell you even with 13 years of meditation under Ten. my belt <laughs> it brought a lot of stuff up and everyone who was on that meditation retreat i think there were tears from almost everyone because when you're sitting there with yourself a lot of stuff comes up that we want to avoid and you, we don't even know that's there sometimes it's not even a conscious avoidance it's just oh god i don't want to go there <laughs> yeah totally i think and it was important. but it's it's really it's really powerful because it it opens up something for us it really does meditation yes. is meditation and taking that quiet time for ourselves it's it's our soul's nourishment and just as we need food air and water we need that time for ourselves we can't yep. we we're at a point in I think the universe and this time in history where like, there are a lot of seekers out there and and we're all seeking more well-being for a reason because we know that there's something more and we know that the way we've been doing things isn't exactly working. So and it, we have this opportunity to, and there's a lot of resources out there to do that dive into it and really start to nourish our souls in a whole new way.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's also connected the whole story with the numbing out the alcohol, the sugar, and then the meditation becomes such a powerful tool to sit with those feelings that we've been so far numbing out of. So it's all so interconnected and you've shared some amazing tools. I can't, I mean, we could talk all day. I say that about every guest <laughs> true. and um, I want to ask one thing because, you know, for a lot of mums who might be thinking, yeah, you know, you're right. I have been numbing out with that glass of wine or two. And, you know, for me, it's about the clarity of mind. It's about good quality of sleep. It's about not necessarily relying on this, thing every day like i will have a glass of wine on occasion or two but just knowing that i don't want to mindlessly numb out what are some solutions like does it help to maybe pour yourself like a really nice fizzy you know glass of water in a wine glass with like a squeeze of lime like what are some kind of practical tips for moms who may say i don't want to numb out with a glass of wine every day right be more mindful about it you know
1: right right so i i think having a a wind down routine, just as you have, just as like, I have a morning practice. I have a check-in practice with myself during the day of just, okay, where am I? How am I doing? And then in the evening, and it might even start around four o'clock in the afternoon when everyone starts coming home and dinner needs to get on. And I really make a conscious effort to get off my phone That's a big one for me. And slowing down and being present for my family's meal. That's really important. And then, you know, I was given this advice at one point and it was spend 10 minutes every day doing something that your son wants to do. Not what you want to do, but what your son wants to do. And and i have to say by just becoming really present for that it slows me down and takes me off of my task list and then if i want something special there's so many great mocktails out there and so i'm actually going to start posting like alcohol free cocktails on my Instagram recipes for that, because there's so many ways to be able to be celebratory without pouring the alcohol. And you can, you can have, you know, modeled mints and you can, you can do so many fun things that, and there's so many recipes out there now that we can start preparing for ourselves that don't require, that don't include a lot of sugar that are really refreshing and they feel festive and you can have them in a wine glass and they're so delicious. You can make like one of my favorites is an alcohol-free mule, like Moscow mule. The ginger is so good for you. It feels it it's really energetic and brightening and and it's good for you too because I want things that are going to make me glow from the inside out. And so, and I can do that with alcohol-free cocktails as well.
0: I love it. We're going to keep an eye out. So that brings me to the point, where can people find you? How can they work with you? And for everyone who hung around till the end, <laughs> she's offering a little discount um, on her coaching service with the code MOMLIGHT. Is that yes, right? That's right. Yes. So where can people find you? What's your website? And we will put everything in the show notes for those interested in learning more. And also, where are you on social so people can follow you?
1: Okay, wonderful. So my website is foodbodysoul.net. And my Instagram is at food.body.soul. Or you can even... Google or put in Instagram Lisa Roberts Heard, and the preferred rate is going. Please put in Mom Light because I would love to work with some of you, and if I can pay what I've learned forward to you, it would be my honor and my privilege. And it's um, uh, it's I've seen so many lives transform where there's more energy, there's more well being, there's better relationships with themselves with their family members. And, um, you know, just more vitality and vibrancy. I mean, that's what it comes down to more balance, more inner peace, more joy, just like, just feeling lighter about themselves and about life.
0: Well, you've taught us so much about so many amazing and powerful practices through the day, your own journey. Thank you for sharing that, your vulnerabilities, how you really rose from the ashes and you're paying it forward. I know so many people would benefit so much from working with you. I've also seen you cook and it's all delicious. It's never about, (laughs) it's all about abundance and deliciousness and taste and and joy. Um, Even those mocktails sound amazing. So yeah, thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing your story with us, for being here today. I've learned a lot. I've been really inspired and I know my listeners have as well.
1: Thank you so much, Kanchan. You're always so inspiring to me and I can't wait to do another event with you. And thank you for having me on today. This was so much fun.
0: Yeah. Until next time, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you love the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. It will help more mamas find it. And be inspired and really feel more amazing in their bodies and show up as the best version of themselves. And I will see you on the next episode of Mom Light. Thanks, guys.